0: What's
1: new? How is the world treating you? My name is Ed Peters and I welcome you to What's New. We return today to Matthew chapter 4, moving on to verses 5 through 7. In these verses, Matthew gives us the account of the second temptation of Christ. Now, this is the spiritual temptation. For Eve, it was that she saw that the fruit was to be desired, to make one wise, Genesis 3.6. For the Christian, it is the pride of life, that's 1 John 2.16, or the boasting of what one has and does. Now, we see here in this second temptation of Christ that Satan quotes scripture he quotes from psalm 91 verses 11 and 12 although he does not quote it accurately now here are verses 5 through 7 and matthew writes as follows then satan took him to jerusalem to the roof of the temple jump off he said and prove that you are the son of god for the scriptures declare god will send his angels to keep you from harm They will prevent you from dashing your foot against a stone. Jesus replied, It also says not to put the Lord your God to a foolish test. See Now, here to bring us today's study is Pastor Henry Horder.
2: No human is exempt from the destructive influences of Satan and his emissaries. The devil is a destroyer and is committed and determined to wreck the life of every person without exception. To this end, he tempts people and directs them to their own destruction. Even Jesus, the Son of God, was not exempt from Satan's attempts. I spoke about Matthew 4, 1-4 yesterday. Evidently, this incident took place immediately after Jesus' baptism. After Jesus had fasted 40 days and nights in the desert, he was alone and hungry. The devil came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Satan didn't question the fact that Jesus was the Son of God. He knew that he was but he tempted Jesus to act independently of God the Father. I focused on that yesterday. Satan tried again. Matthew writes in chapter 4, 5 to 7, Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, It is also written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. From the highest point of the corner of the temple complex to the bottom of the valley floor might have been as much as 450 feet at that time. That would translate into 137 meters. Again, Satan admitted that Jesus was the Son of God so that he could safely make the jump. Furthermore, people witnessing such a feat would flock to him. He would be immediately accepted as Messiah. Interestingly enough, late Jewish Midrash states that the Messiah would prove himself by leaping from the pinnacle of the temple. This is an interesting test. Proposed by Satan. It assumes that human beings who are fascinated by the unusual and the miraculous would flock to the one who performed them. The devil suggested that Jesus would startle people into following him. So Satan suggested to Jesus that he perform this great feat and he would be an instant sensation. There are several problems with this attitude. First, To get people to follow a miracle worker, the person must perform ever-increasingly amazing feats. We humans aren't satisfied with one wonder. We want a greater one. Someone has written that this year's sensation is next year's commonplace. A gospel that is based on sensations and miracles is bound to fail. Faith that is dependent on miracles is not faith, it is sight. Biblical faith believes without sensational miracles. Jesus refused the way of sensation because it leads to failure. Biblical faith believes in response to a word from God. It's best to trust God without demanding the proof of the miraculous to postpone faith until a sensation occurs is to distrust God. It is to try Him. God wants you to trust Him, don't try Him. It is doubt that demands or looks for proof. Faith trusts. John the Baptist is a good example. When he was imprisoned, he sent representatives to Jesus asking if he really was the Messiah. John had doubts. He didn't demand a miraculous act from Christ, but he wanted a word of assurance. To accommodate John's human weakness, Jesus said, Tell John to remember what I did. While it is always better to believe God because of what he said, to help us in our weakness, he may refer us also to what he did. Greater faith believes when God speaks and does not wait to see what God does. There's a second matter here. Satan has suggested that Christ put God to the test. Manipulate God. God will protect you, said Satan. God has promised it. Then Satan quoted from Psalm 91, 11 to 12. Humans do this all the time. We try to manipulate God. I heard of a young man recently who jumped off of a high building He had told his friends that since God was omnipotent and loving, he would save him. Of course, the man died. You will not manipulate God. God will not be manipulated. Satan said, God promised you protection, so demand that he keep his promise. Some Christians tempt God and play with poisonous snakes. Satan didn't quote the verse, but it immediately follows this quote from Psalm 91:11 to 12. The poet quoted God as saying, You will tread upon the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent, and I will rescue him. I will protect him. So let's test God. Walk up to lions and serpents. Put God to the test. Problem? The scripture strictly forbids putting God to the test that way. Jesus said so here in verse 7. He said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Jesus was evidently quoting from Exodus 17, 2-7, where the Israelites put God to the test and demanded water in the desert. Demanding miraculous help as proof of God's love and care was wrong. By far the better attitude is to trust him and let him care for you and show His love His way.
0: There was a time when I would fret about the time that lies ahead until the time my Savior said Why should I worry if it shines or